You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. or 7 p.m. I've got this recurring dream in which I'm in school, but it's, it's like two or three months into the semester, and I've never been to a couple of my classes but I'm still trying to get an A. Not just not fail, I'm still trying to get an A, but I can't even find where the class is. Like, this is part of the dream. It's like, I'm like, oh, I think it was up there. And then I get distracted and I end up leaving. I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't go to class again. It was a horrible dream. I wake up and it is such a relief in that moment. Ben, you're not in any school. You are currently enrolled in no education of higher or lower or whatever level of learning. You never have to go to class. And it feels so good when I have that realization. Many of you spend a lot of time in school, so you know this. Some of you are still in school, and you know this. Uh, but this is, I think this is just how I'm still wired with my anxiety. It's an anxiety dream, and that's how it's getting manifested. Uh, my subconscious is doing something. There's, there's that, kind, that relief, though, that, that I was thinking about when Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's what I thought of. That kind of release, that kind of feeling of like, oh, I had it wrong. I'm not in class. That feeling is what I want us to get into. I want you to feel a bit of your burden being lifted. An understanding we're going towards that Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. You all know what a yoke is, right? Um, it's that thing that's connecting the two oxen there. But does anyone has anyone ever had like close contact with an ox? Like what even is an ox? Is it a cow? I'm, I'm serious. I don't... I, what is, is it... It's a cow? It's, it's a male cow? Okay, that's weird. But why isn't it a bull? What's the difference between a bull and an ox? Isn't the ox I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Science said it's a different species. So. I don't know. We'll find out later. You'll, you will Google it and you will tell me. Um, anyway, Jesus says in Matthew 11, Come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus wakes me up from my dream and reminds me of the way things actually are. I stopped going to school years ago, but somehow I'm still stuck in that story. And Jesus pulls me out of that story. Some burdens are still heavy, and and I'm still weary carrying some burdens. But when I wake up, and I'm so relieved to not be failing those classes just for not showing up, that's the feeling that Jesus is offering us. That's the feeling I want us all to experience, is that, that lifting. I don't know what your I don't know what your anxiety dreams are about if you remember them at all but 
again, though, when I thought of what speaking about this passage in Matthew 11, my first question was, are you sure, Jesus? Are you sure your, your yoke is easy? I've got a friend who often says, working for God is hard. Uh, and she's, she's kind of right in a lot of ways. Following Jesus is not always easy. He calls us to our fullness. He calls us to love people we don't like, even people that are our enemies. He calls us to die daily and carry our cross. He calls us to build an alternative community like Circle of Hope that is like really ambitious. You know, we say in one of our Proverbs, we admit that we are less of a safe place for people who do not want to take initiative, own their dignity, or make commitments. You don't want to be your full self. You don't want to have that project. It might feel dangerous around here sometimes. Because we're gonna, our, the culture is that we're pushing towards where Jesus is leading us, and it's not staying the way we are. Jesus doesn't really seem to let us do nothing. He doesn't, he doesn't let us do that. And so it might seem, hey, your burden's not very light at all, because nothing is definitely an option in my life. And it's, it, 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 you know, you get this tension, right? That's what I'm going for. How is, how is a yoke of any kind ever easy? It's about pulling stuff. Move it like ox do it. That doesn't seem easy. It's a big old animal we don't know what it is. I looked it up. Oh, what is it? <laughs> it's a castrated male cow. Google, we love you. And Kathy, too. Castrated male cow. That's why all right, bulls have testicles. Yes, Got they it. do. But it makes them more docile to do that kind of stuff. Excellent. And a cow is not, none of them are cows. Cattle is the whole Cattle is the whole thing. Oh, snap. We learned something. Okay, here's another story. I recently went to, um, so I'm getting at this tension. I'm getting at this tension that we're feeling about um, is how is a yoke ever easy? And I was, I was recently at a dentist's office. I went to a, a new dentist. And you know how that is, right? I had to fill out all of these forms on paper. And, and, and you know they give you this clipboard and you answer all the questions. And I always mess it up. I always put like my last name second or, you know, how, whatever, whatever they ask for, I get it wrong. Or I put my whole address where you're just supposed to put the street number and the street name. You know, I, I'm, I'm terrible at these because I'm always like, oh, let me get through all these papers. You know, I even had to write... I had to write my emergency contact down for these dentists three different times. Yes, Gwyneth is still my wife, and her number is still such and such. Like, why am I doing this three times? I was so, I was so upset. Why do I have to write my name? Why do I have to do this so many times? Um, I, had, I, had I had to just deal with it, though, because I wanted to get my teeth cleaned, make sure I didn't have any cavities, which I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it is what it is, right? That's just how, that's just what it's like to go to the dentist's office. You have to fill out forms at the dentist's office. You know, there are laws and stuff. There's a whole incomprehensible system governing what the dentist's office can and cannot do, and we know nothing about it. We're just chained to that little clipboard until we get all of the boxes filled in. And I, I can't remember which grandmother had uh, heart surgery. You know, like this is it's hard. Um, it is what it is. It is what it is. Is it what it is, though? Must it be what it is? You know, I'm not actually that interested in being free 
from the little chain pen, you know? I don't actually feel too locked down by that, but I think it's, a, it's kind of a, a symbol of, of what I'm getting at here, of what, one of the things that especially makes it hard for any of us to get our necks underneath any kind of yoke is what we've come to name in Circle of Hope, empire thinking. So being at the dentist's office, just doing what you're told, filling out the form because that's the way the system works and it's never gonna change. We're enculturated in that. And it, it can do damage because what it does is it puts a ton of responsibility on us. There's lots of benefits from the individuality that, that, that our particular empire, the United States, is, uh, you know, the benefits of individualism have a lot. You know, there, there's some really good stuff in that. But the downside of it is that, that like, individual sense of responsibility about everything. I gotta get the form right. I gotta get to class. I have that sense of running and making my life work in every moment. And if I don't do it right, I'm gonna get dinged. They're gonna see that I crossed that, that out on the form. You know, we live under this, this um, you know, to put it grandiosely, we live under this oppression. But it's only oppressive because we take it on. It's as if this is what I have to do. It's there is no other way. We couldn't do this ahead of time at the dentist's office online, please and thank you. Because there's like HIPAA violations, there's all kind of laws, you know, like they can't do it. It's, it's tough. Empire thinking is the condition of people who grow up in empires, receiving the benefits of long-term political stability and relative freedom. But with that comes uh, an uneasy acceptance of this status quo. It's not just that this, like I'm not evaluating the status quo, it's that I am becoming the status quo. I'm responsible for maintaining the status quo. Things will continue the way they are and that's a good thing because the alternative is chaos and destruction. We, we get this kind of thinking. We have to keep it going. We gotta keep it going the way it is or everything's going down. This is empire thinking. We do not believe there will be any newness. And I'm not saying all of you actually believe this. I'm just saying this is the kind of thinking that's kind of the base note of a lot of our culture. We don't believe that anything will ever actually be new. You know, it's basically just gonna be moving around pieces on the board. Same pieces, same board. We're just gonna rearrange it, you know. Empires will have been rising and falling for centuries and millennia. Nothing seems to really change. It's that feeling that nothing seems to really change and I'm part of it and I have to go with it. That's what I'm thinking empire thinking is. But honestly, I don't know if I'm yet making any sense. So I want to take it a little more personal. Um, how, about, how about another story? One of my earliest memories is we live, I was living in Southern California where I was born and we had this long driveway. It was this long dirt driveway. Our, the land behind our house stretched back like well into the block. So we had like the biggest yard in history. Um, and it was mostly driveway and we would park our cars like behind this garage. Anyway, my mom had four kids. We had a big Dodge Ram van that she would roll us around in. And uh, I got, I, I went out one time when we were going somewhere, I have no idea where, but this is the memory. I thought it would be really cute if I hid in some cardboard boxes that were just like out by the side and then they'd get in the car 
and they'd be like, where's Ben? I thought he came out here first. But the problem was I hid so well and was so insignificant to my brothers and my mother that she drove away. And, and the memory, the memory that I have, no, this is skating, it's kind of funny, but like it's deep, is I'm chasing down the long driveway after the Dodge Ram, banging on the side panel. Mom, you forgot me because I hid in a box. It's this universal pain of growing up and sorting out our independence and our interdependence. I learned in that moment, well, I guess I'm alone. I guess I need to start taking care of myself. I guess I'm forgettable. I guess I better start making sure I get seen as opposed to being unseen. It's devastating stuff. Um, but I think it's part of growing up as a human being. You know, you have to, it, somehow you're going to learn that lesson but it's more than that, because it's also an initiation into empire thinking. I think every, any, any human in any culture has this experience of individuation and, and having to figure something like that out. But the problem is, the lesson that I learned is the foundational principle of everything that works in our culture. Yeah, you better get yours. Yeah, you better be seen. Don't be quiet. Stand up. Puff your chest out. If you're not naturally like that, you better fake it. You know, I, I, I personally, my personality kind of is, is designed for U.S. culture. I'm, I'm sorry, that's who I am. And, and look at me, I'm up here on a microphone. You know, like it's not, it's not, it's not too uh, surprising. People that, but people that, but their people are all kinds of different. People have all kinds of gifts. But we, we've, we've, we've learned to uplift and, and make one um, the, the most important. The, the, the lesson is everyone needs to watch their own back. Everyone is solely responsible for their reality. We have to be responsible for every thought and opinion, even, and the ramifications of that. If you think that, you're responsible for the consequences of, of you thinking it. If you have an opinion that might be right or wrong, well, you better get it right, because if your opinion is wrong, everything might fall down. Believe what you should believe. And make sure that it means a well and, and just and fair society for all. Have a big idea about everything. You, ha you have this sense, right? That the, the culture is having big fights all the time now. All we do is fight, especially in politics. And um, I think it's kind of trickling down because we're all, we all have to like get it all right all the time. I don't know if you participate too much in those conversations, but I think you probably feel that uh, residue, that kind of trickling down of you better think it right. And if you're not sure about everything, don't say anything. I feel that. And I want to rebel against it because I'm not sure about everything. But I do want to say a lot because I want to work it out. I want to talk it out. I want to think it through with you. You feel the sense of responsibility, right? Get the, fill out the form. Figure out how to navigate all these impossible systems. Look out for yourself. Get ahead. Get what's yours. Don't get got. Do it right. Don't get it wrong. Even if you're not quite sure what right is, you better do it. Empire thinking. Many of us grow up thinking that we can run the world or that we should. And everyone knows we can't, but somehow this sense of responsibility still lingers. 
it's gnawing at us. Maybe it's like a parasite, parasite at the roots, just kind of hollowing us out from the bottom up. This foundational thing that we don't really think about or talk about is making us who we are, and we don't have to. It could be lifted. You don't have to get that. You don't have to take that yoke. That yoke is heavy. It is not light, and it sure as hell is not gentle. It grinds people down. By design, I'm not sure, but in effect, absolutely. People are getting ground down. You're feeling ground down. I know you are. We need an easier yoke, Jesus. Maybe your yoke is easy. Here's more from Jesus in Matthew 11. Oh, that was the proverb that we had. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things, the things that he was teaching and, and, and who he was, hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus' yoke is easy only in comparison to all the other yokes that our culture puts upon us. And you can have more than my kind of abstract idea about uh, empire thinking. Maybe you'll have a chance when we're talking back. You can tell us about other things that you might like to not have around your neck. But I think that this empire thinking is, is key. I'm trying to develop it here. I, I don't think I'm done with this idea. I'd like to keep developing it developing it more because I think it's the basis of what we're describing in Circle of Hope as our alternativity. No, this is how it's all working. We're, we're trying to see down underneath the other roots. What's the foundation of, of like the thinking of, that, that oppresses all of us? What's the universal thing? And for me, this, this undue sense of personal responsibility has got to go. I still want you to like take personal responsibility. That's what's kind of tricky. Like You still have to like care for yourself, care for your family, figure out how to make a living. All that is like um, allowed, so to speak, but, it's, but it can't be the basis of who we are. And I think that it is too much. Being powerful, being responsible, being effective doesn't seem to be like it was common among Jesus' followers based on this passage. Here in this prayer, he's marveling and how supposedly wise and clever people don't get it by, but the childlike people do, the little ones, the less important ones. They seem to get it. They understand. I like it. He said, but you chose to do it this way. I, 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 hear, like a, I hear some marveling in Jesus' voice there. I think even Jesus is, is, is amused. <laughs> oh, it's not the rich and powerful people. It's not the like, really religious people that are getting me. It's these people. These, like, ordinary folks. Huh. Right on. Right on, Father. I'm glad for this. That, that, that's how I, I see him doing that. 
Um, I think that this, my idea that I'm developing about empire thinking, though, is unique to us because it wasn't happening for those, those little folks, those childlike folks. They didn't, they didn't have the same challenge. Our challenge is unique to 21st century, at least Western culture, and definitely U U.S. culture because we have this sense of greatness that's kind of built into us and baked into us that we have to re respond to. These folks, they're just, I mean, they have a sense that God, they're God's chosen people, and that's a pretty big deal, but geopolitically, like, uh, they are just crushed down. They have been uh, ruled by foreign powers, like, forever, as far as they're concerned. Generations and generations have been ruled by other empires. So the reason that it, we, we, we take the, the name empire thinking is because everything in the Bible is, is written from the perspective of the underdog, the one that's not on top. And so when we, when we look at it from a perspective from on top of the empire, relatively, I mean, of course, we're all affected, but relatively, we have this, we have this power that we have to deal with that they didn't have to deal with. So we name it empire thinking. Because, oh, we've got, we've got a different relationship with empire than the folks that Jesus was talking to or the folks that the prophets were talking to. Even the richest people in Hebrew history, like Solomon, the most powerful kings, David, were penny-any people in history. You know, they were important to the Jewish people, but they were never big stuff. You know? They always have this sense of being the underdog. And we have, you know, the sense of being the... Uh, the overdog, if that were a thing, I don't know, uh, because that—that's just where we were born, and that's what we're dealing with. So, I'm hoping that we can develop a sense of freedom, a sense of freedom from not being in charge, not being responsible for everything. Uh, my children are constantly sorting out who's in charge. You know, Theo always says, "I'm in charge of the cats." He needs to be in charge of something. He's not in charge of the cats at all. <laughs> I scoop their litter. Gwyneth feeds them. You know, they, the one barfs all the time. He's never cleaned it up. He's not even capable of cleaning it up. You know, he's not in charge. And I tell them this, especially when they, when they say that I'm not in charge or that they're in charge of me, which they definitely try. They will say, I'm in charge. I'm like, and I just say, dude. You don't want to be in charge. Seriously, being in charge sucks. <laughs> and, and, I, and I often will get to the Jesus point, too, with the kids even, and I'll say, I'm not even in charge. God's in charge. I have to figure out how to submit. I have to figure out how to obey, or I won't be able to relate to God. That's what I'm working on. That's what you're doing, too. Learn how to obey. How are you ever going to love God if you can't, if you can't submit? It's impossible. You've got to put a yoke on. I don't go this far with the kids. But you have to be able to, to bow your head and get a yoke. Anya, to have that freedom. The goodness that Jesus is offering us is not in winning and controlling and being in charge. It's another way. And I'm hoping that you've experienced some of that freedom and I'm spending enough time now so that we can kind of get charged up to have that sense of freedom as our main goal that Jesus gives us. The best and most practical thing I think we can do to work out this tension of submitting and, you know, dipping our heads under a yoke. You know, Jesus' yoke is, it's essentially, I submit to you. Yes, you're in charge of my life. But what does that mean? You know, you can say it, but how do you do it? One of the easiest, I, I can't tell you all of them, and maybe you can tell me more later. 
But the easiest, like most practical one, is to be in a community like this. Submit yourself to a vision with a specific people that you're going to have to love. You're going to have to figure out how to set aside some of your preferences. That's a difficult muscle to build. How does it feel good to serve another instead of to be served? To understand another instead of to be understood. I was learning that this week. I was, I was having some conversation. I was like, oh, yeah, my main goal in that conversation that went horribly was that I wanted to be understood. And it blew up in my face. Oh, I, I have to learn. I, I, I just have to be, I'm going for understanding. I'm going to make the conversation have a one directional thing. Okay, this is my goal. And the problem is, not everybody's going to do that. Some people are going to just use you, in this community even, and they won't realize they're doing it most of the time. But they will. They'll just take it all. Ooh, this person listens. And then you never get listened to by that person. There's no, and there's no reciprocity. And it sucks. <laughs> and it's hard. And that's where the tension comes again. To learn, okay, so what do I do with this, Jesus? I feel this about this relationship. I'm actually trying to love this person. And I'm just getting, getting taken. And that's against the rules. I shouldn't be taken. I can't get got. I need to be in charge. I need to be the one that knows how to do stuff. I have to do this relationship right and make it. I'm responsible for that person's growth. I got I to gotta lay down the law. I got to make sure that they know that they can't trample on me because they'll be trampling on everybody else. There might be some wisdom in that, but probably not. Honestly, you should, you, you should be trampled upon. This is Jesus's. This is Jesus's wisdom. Of course, healthy boundaries. Yes, I have all my caveats, but Jesus is essentially saying that you need to love, and it will, and it, and the the love that you receive will be from Him, and you won't you won't have to figure it all out. You're not responsible for what everyone's going to do, and you can only give your best, and that's okay, and you don't get judged for any of it. There's no evaluation. Um, well. There is, but the um, the results are in. You you are redeemed, you are loved, you will rise from the dead. So when we make this new reality with Jesus, we're creating an alternative to empire thinking. By submitting to Jesus's yoke, we find relief, and the practical way we do that is to submit to one another. No, you don't have to figure it all out, but no, you are not alone. No, you don't have to find enough for yourself. Willingly giving up our total control of everything, which is kind of how we're trained to be, is a way to find freedom and rest and actually enough. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.